Hi there, and welcome to the Creative Operations Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Groom, and in this podcast, we'll be talking with creative operations leaders in all kinds of industries, from franchising to finance, from healthcare to hospitality and beyond. We'll be looking to uncover best practices and to see trends that are coming to help you keep your creative operations on brand and on budget at the same time. Enjoy. Hey, welcome everybody to this uh, episode of the Creative Operations 2.0 podcast. We are super excited today to have with us Casey Herbis. He is the CMO of Rocket Central, uh, a legend in his own time. Uh, we uh, first had a chance to hear from Casey at the IHAF conference where we learned a little bit uh, about his experience and his team's experience at Rocket Central uh, with the, the Super Bowl. So we are just super pleased to have you with us, Casey. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, Kevin, thanks for having me, and uh, it's great to see you again. Absolutely. So let's start, and uh, you know, this may go without saying for a lot of our audience, but give us a little bit of a, a background on the operation that you run at uh, Rocket Central and the, the brands, the associated brands that you guys own. Yeah, and so thank you. Um, Rocket Central is a centralized uh, services company within the Rocket Company's uh, portfolio, which is a publicly traded company. Uh, a lot of people may know us from our you know, consumer-facing brand of Rocket Mortgage. So um, within the Rocket companies, we have 100 plus companies within our portfolio. And, uh, and 85 of them are investments with, uh, via our chairman, Dan Gilbert, who started the company 37 years ago. And about 14 of them are in the fintech space. Um, Rocket Mortgage, Rocket Loans, Rocket Solar, Rocket Auto, Rocket Money, our talent. You know, there's others also our employer brand. And here at Rocket Central or Rocket Mortgage, uh, we have an in-house agency that services those 14 brands, as I mentioned, in the fintech space, the most prominent of which is Rocket Mortgage. And, you know, we have 300 team members that, you know, uh, we do everything from Super Bowl to T-shirts and everything in between uh, for these 14, you know, fintech brands uh, here at Rocket Central. It's an amazing load to, to even contemplate. You know, I think back to, um, you might recall, um, was it Trout and Reese talking about brand line extensions? And it feels to me like you guys have solved a problem that they used to warn about, you know, sort of the brand dilution. You guys have managed to create kind of a brand concentration while having these 14 or 15 or 100 different aspects to the Central Rocket brand. Tell us a little bit about how you guys go about doing that. Yeah, that, um, that's a great question, Kevin. I joined the organization three, uh, six years ago. And as I joined the organization, we were formerly known as Quicken Loans. Um, that brand had been around, I think, since 2002. In 2016, we launched Rocket Mortgage, which was the online, you know, the, the ability for clients to, you know, orig- you know, from all the way from originate, uh, you know, loan application origination of their mortgage. And so as I joined the organization six years ago, we had to look at the organization as a whole, particularly on our fintech space, and understand, like, how do we want to organize our brands, uh, organize the brands from a naming, look and feel, tone, voice, and, you know, obviously the architecture that comes along with it. So over the course of six years, we started to sundown the Quicken Loans name, the Quicken Loans brand, and even company. So now we're Rocket Mortgage. And along the way, we've launched several other Rocket brands. And um, so in, geez, the last three or four years, we've launched Rocket Solar, Rocket Auto, um, Rocket Money, uh, which was a, 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 an acquisition that we rebranded nine months ago from Truebill. And so now what we are looking to establish here with Rocket is we want to be the best at creating certainty in life's most complex moments so we can help Americans achieve their dream. 
And so if you think about those spaces that were in very complicated financial categories, mortgage, buying and selling a home, personal loans, auto, solar, personal finance, and that's just what's today, what's really exciting about what's to come. So that journey of organizing the brands and the architecture, look and feel, we re, re, um, redid our logo and uh, in the brand palette and our style guide, uh, geez, three years ago. And so it's been, it's a six-year journey. And in some ways, I feel like we're just getting started. That's amazing. The the uh, you know when I think about certainty, um, that strategy statement ties so directly to the broadcast creative that we've seen with Tracy Morgan, etc. You know, there's something so clean about that when I think about it from a mortgage perspective. Have you guys managed to extend that across all those brands? That notion, that promise of certainty? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so that you know the the ability to help create certainty in life's most complex moments. That is yeah. our mission. That is our mission across all of those fintech things. And you know, and and. Thank Thank you for making that comment about, you know, like our brand creative and whether it's, you know, the Super Bowl commercials or the campaigns that we run outside of Super Bowl. I think it's really important at the end of the day. I mean, we're in a commoditized space, right? Um, I came from automotive where, you know, you, you can't drive a mortgage. You can't taste a mortgage. You can't see a mortgage, right? It's a commoditized service. And, you know, not that, you know, there's, it's, it's not like I've got some secret sauce. I would think you've seen this in some other commoditized spaces and industries. I think a state farm, a Geico, um, farmers, there's other brands I think would do a nice job. And I'm a, in, in the commoditized space. And I'm a firm believer of good brand work should be able to educate, engage, and entertain. Um, in an otherwise maybe more of a, you know, not as an exciting of a, uh, you know, an industry or a market. And so, you know, we've been leaning into that over the last uh, several years since I joined the organization and it's, it's helped, you know, drive, uh, you know, brand awareness, positive opinion and consideration. But, you know, at the end of the day, this business is no different than the automotive life that I came from. You got to put, you know, in my automotive life, you, you know, you're always judged by how much, you know, metal you push over the curb here. It's, how much paper are you pushing across the desk uh, to help drive, you know, uh, either mortgage, personal loans, whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah I got you. So, you know, when you think about your your shop and your shop is really, you know, uh, ranks among the major agencies, even though you're in-house, you rank among those guys. So when you think about um, the amount of kind of studio and creative operations work that you guys have to manage, what's the biggest problems that you run into? Is it serving the locals or is it just the sheer volume of creative that you have to push through? Yeah, what are the it, pressure points? Yeah, great question. Uh, the pressures are uh, everywhere, all day, every day. Um <laughs> You know, and and so it's when I joined six years ago, we were really only servicing one brand, i.e. mortgage. We literally had marketing, um, we don't call them employees, but we call them team members. We had um, marketing team members sitting in these different fintech companies, and they might have been tapping into us for certain services, but we started to ask the question like, wait, why wouldn't we start to, you know, create the center of excellence and create this hub, if you will? that can service all of these fintech brands, some that were existing and some that we've launched. And so we've really gone from one to 14 brands um, in the last six years. Along with that, the team's gone from 110 to 300 plus. And quite honestly, until three years ago, I didn't have an operations team. I didn't have, I didn't, you know, whether, you know, in our operations team here, we'll call it agency operations, people, process, technology. It was very bespoke and it wasn't, you know, and now, all right, I've got an operations team. So they're thinking about people, process, technology, our ad tech and our tech, you know, our, um, our, our tech, uh, uh, the ad tech that we use. And then also have an operations team on creative. I mean, there's sheer volume 
that we do here is I, I think I mentioned earlier, we'll produce upwards of 25,000 assets on an annualized basis, 1,400 videos across those 14 brands, right? And so challenges, uh, the challenges like any other marketer, you know, in, in today's world is how do you do more with maybe the same or less mm -hmm. and be faster? And oh, by the way, it better be effective and efficient, right? And so it's, it's that uh, Pandora's box of, you know, working to ensure you're doing good quality work, but it's also delivering on whatever goals, KPIs that you set forth. And so whether that's prioritization, understanding what the tech stack is and, you know, in really prioritization, the tech stack, and sometimes also letting the machines do what machines do best and being comfortable with that, you know, whether it's the AI world, the tech stacks that we use, uh, project management, whatever it might be. It's also making sure that you're investing the right amount of time, uh, helping you, you know, operationalize a, a large agency, if you will, servicing a lot of brands. It's a great point. You know, I was just thinking or about to ask you the question about AI sort of with this. Is it a, a valuable tool or is it barbarians at the gate from a creative perspective? And it sounds like you guys are finding a way to make it a great tool, uh, keeping an eye on the barbarian aspect of the Well, world. I mean, I'll tell you, it was, it was funny, Kevin. Um, it was a couple of nights ago. Um, I had just seen, you know, obviously chat GPT and, you know, I, I was running across some other AI tools, uh, you know, in my TikTok feed, actually, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna check these out. And I literally just typed in 30 second rocket mortgage commercial. And that damn script was pretty good. Like, I was like, <laughs> I mean, like, it, it was like, you know, I, I didn't have the, the chutzpah to come back and show my, my ECD or my copywriters, but I, I was like, it's pretty good. Yeah. It was, you know, it was a little bit dated and, you know, a couple of things weren't like on brand, but I was like, it was pretty, you know, either way, I mean, you know, listen, we're all, I think it's very, very ironic. I was just telling somebody the other day, I feel like every conference we went into a year ago, ever, the, the biggest topic was what's your metaverse strategy and what, how are you handling metaverse? You know, I just came off two weeks of, you know, um, uh, conferences and I half and, uh, brand, you know, other places and, I didn't hear metaverse once and I'm not saying that's not important, but it, you know, every conference it was, what's your, you know, what's your AI strategy and how are you thinking about AI? It's just, it's, it's just always fascinating, sometimes frustrating yeah. um, how much, how fast things are moving. And yeah. you know, where, you know, you saw in the Super Bowl brands jumping into the, you didn't see any metaverse ideas, but you saw brands that were trying to dabble in the, you know, the AI or chat GPT space, you know, to accentuate their Super Bowl campaigns. Well, I also saw a really interesting thing. One of the spots, uh, you know, where they combined the two beer brands. Yeah, um, Miller and Coors. Exactly. And to me, you know, that was an innovation. And uh, I was really kind of inspired by the talk you gave around what you guys were trying to do with uh, with your Super Bowl strategy and the fact that you were trying to create breakthrough creative, something that really would, you know, entertain uh, and, and stick in the mind. Uh, and clearly, you guys have achieved that goal. Uh, and, you know, so the, the notion that now you roll that out, perhaps using AI tools or not, uh, it's really that's a question of productivity more than it is a question of strategy. The strategy is is the part that I don't think AI will really touch, you know? Yeah. I mean, you're right. I didn't, you know, it's going back to that example. I didn't put into my AI tool, uh, give me my, you know, 2023, uh, yes. you know, mortgage strat marketing strategy in a declining market. <laughs> like right. I, I put, give me a 30 second spot. Yeah. Um, and so, but, but you know, listen, uh, whether AI meta, I mean, and sandboxes that we all want to play in. I mean, thankfully we're, a, you know, at the end of the day, we're also a FinTech company. And so, you know, we're always going to be exploring the best ways to use emerging established or, 
you know, even sundown, sundown phases of uh, technology to help, you know, our company, our brand and our clients. Yep. Well, that's, uh, you know, it's a fascinating thought in the mortgage market in particular. So much changed just in the past 12 months and with inflation and with the projections for recession. So I won't ask you to to bring out a crystal ball, but yeah. thoughts on, on you know, where the category, when I looked at the top 100 financial services brands, right, I see in the top 25 still companies that are, you know, have been around for multiple, multiple decades. Are we going to start to see breakthrough in fintech and, and financial services more uh broadly. Uh, so we start to see new brands showing up in the top 10, do you think? Yeah. I mean, if you think about the space, um, you know, I was not here, but you know, I was right up the street here from downtown Detroit when Rocket Mortgage, if at the end of the day, Rocket Mortgage is only a six-year-old brand. Yeah. It, it, you know, it really, it debuted, it was there, but it debuted, if you will, on the national stage in the 2016 Super Bowl. So sometimes you step back from that and go, my gosh, I mean, the, the brand has come a long way. So it launched before I joined the organization. I've been blessed to lead it uh, since then. And, um, you know, in, in when the Rocket Mortgage uh, push button get mortgage uh, launched in 2016, I mean, there weren't other, you know, there weren't ever as, as prevalent of non-bank lenders in the space, right? In the mortgage category, generally, it's been the big banks, right? Your, your Wells Fargo's, your Chase's, and so on and so forth. And really, when Rocket Mortgage launched in 2016 with the notion of end-to-end -end origination and mortgage, um, well, then you then saw, obviously, with the economy very strong, 16 through, you know, a little bit of a blip in 18. And then certainly, uh, you know, in the mortgage space, it was very, very strong in 2021 with interest rates and all, you know, historical lows. You saw a lot of other fintech brands uh, or non-banks launch or you saw big banks launch, you know, financial or, you know, online uh, online services. So. Um, you're seeing a lot of movement in the marketplace. Um, you know, we're America's largest lender. And so our focus is, you know, one of the old adages is when you're the lead dog, you try not to let the view change and worry mm -hmm. about what's behind you. And so, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're resilient or a resilient company and company, a culture. And, you know, we've also been through some of these uh, challenging times. It wasn't too long ago. You know, I was in the automotive world in 2009 and 10 uh, in mortgage and the mortgage industry went through a lot of challenges in nine and 10. And there's a lot of learnings that, you know, we've taken from that, that, you know, we're applying to how we can be better here and, you know, looking ahead to, you know, a bright future. That's great. I want to ask you one last question because I know your time is tight, uh, but uh, but it has to do with with uh, diversity, equity, inclusion. You know the, what we've turned into an acronym, and and I'm going to sort of express a little bit of a uh, of an opinion, I guess, uh, from a creative perspective. Yes. We've seen a noble uh, uh, objective uh, very often treated in a kind of a non or uncreative way, sort of a sameness that comes out of, you know, that kind of realm. I wanted to know, as you guys are building a, a major entity, your agency, your in-house agency in its own right, how do you guys keep the creative freshness around that kind of thing so that you attract talent, you know, with that eye toward DEI, but without sounding like everybody else all at the same time? Um, absolutely. Great question. Um, a couple things. One is, uh, we started to build, um, you know, we have a, a chief diversity officer, office of uh, diversity here at Rocket. And three years ago, we built and st stood up, if you will, uh, a multicultural team, which I thought was very important. So we've got a leader and two team members uh, that then work alongside the brand, work right alongside me. And they support, they support all facets of the brand, from brand architecture, campaign development, media, social, 
down to the B2B level on that activation. Um, and so, you know, I'm really proud here is that uh, we're two, three, three years now. Um, we have an always on Hispanic campaign. And two years ago, we launched our first black home ownership campaign. So it's an always on for that. And that's been a lot of learnings, quite frankly, quite frankly, Kevin, is as we looked at standing up those uh, standing up the team, but also those campaigns, we also had to reflect uh, upon ourselves in the mirror, and we did not have the you know the proper we'll call resources or expertise in that space. And so, when it makes sense, we'll reach out to agencies that can help us in particular areas where we have opportunities. And so, we were blessed enough to have agency partners come in and help us stand up those campaigns uh, supporting you know uh, multicultural audiences. But you know, to answer question, coming back to it, like DEI. That is not an and or or a plus. It is an always on. It is at the forefront of everything we do, whether it's Super Bowl down to you know sales materials um, for our, our partners, our B two B clients, and it's a lens of which you know we look through at all times. Whether again, it's broadcast, it's broadcast creative down to social, um, you know through full funnel, you know full funnel activation. That's awesome. So, you know, when I, I think about it, it, it's not layered on top of it's shot through the entire organization. Absolutely. It seems to me like that that's how you get um, freshness and originality uh, to come out as opposed to correctness, freshness, which to me is has been the thing that's been challenged. Last question, super last question. You got um, it. Had to do with talent. So, yeah. you know, here we are in 2023, um, you know, folks born in this century are now entering the workforce. And when you think about them creatively, here was my question. We know what they bring with them, this digital native kind of perspective. What's the part that they might need to develop as you think about growing talent, you know, in this day and age? What's the part that's missing for them, if anything, you know, when you think about them uh, from a perspective point of view? Yeah. And, um, you know, great question. I mean, I, I think, you know, I hearken back to the days when I was starting this business, you know, like I'm an older Gen Xer and, you know, I think about those early days when our world was a lot more simpler, right? I mean, when I first, when I started in this business coming out of Michigan state, I mean, there was three channels, right? It was, it was broadcast print and audio for the most part. And very early on, like I was a hand raiser of when it came to, um, you know, digital and social, like I was like, well, and how do I as growing up in this business? Yes, I know those channels, but as the world continues to evolve, how can I start to embrace those? And what's really interesting is when you watch the younger, you know, the younger talent enter the workforce, you always have to step back and remind yourself that he, she, or they, they've known it. They've known nothing different. You know, it you know, like for you and I, that might be a early or a mid or a late adopter, but we've made it our own. I always say, like, you know, my father's 82 years old. Ten years ago, he couldn't spell PC, and now you go to my dad's house. He's a retired firefighter, and he's sitting in his lazy boy with his, you know, watching his YouTube TV, you know, YouTube TV with his iPhone next to him, and his answer to life, to, to everything in life is just Google it, right? But when you see the younger people come up. Um, a couple of things. One is I love the creative ide- ideation. Um, there's a lot of times where I'm, it just happened short amount, a short time ago, you and I were talking off camera, where I'm reviewing stuff and teams are presenting it to me. I may not get it. And it doesn't resonate with me, and, but that's okay. Like I always say, like if I understand a TikTok idea, it's probably not the right thing. 
and I'm using that as an example. I'm being a little tongue, you know, a little tongue in cheek. But if I like, I have to remember to step out of my comfort zone and not look at it through the eyes as a 51 year old male with my life experiences. When a teams bring me ideas that are contextual to either a media platform or a concept or what have you, it comes with talent too. Like teams will bring me talent, um, maybe to utilize in commercials or here's an influencer. I have to step out of my comfort zone and look at it through his, her, or their eyes or think about that audience. So what do they, you know, so they bring that to the table, but a lot of things that I spend time on with young, younger people that come in this business, a lot of presentation skills, understanding how do you utilize the data to help make informed decisions, the creative process uh, in production, particularly as you're shooting DVC, like, you know, sometimes people are like, Oh, just let's shoot with an iPhone, which, okay, there are great places to shoot with an iPhone, but, you know, is that the quality we want for, you know, running on NFL or whatever it might be? And so a lot of times younger people come into the business, it's also teaching them uh, or making them uh, you know, shadow, whatever it might be, the, um, you know, more of the traditional channels and the ways of doing business, but, you know, utilizing their energy, creativity to apply newer learnings to that process. Yep, I got you. It, it was interesting. You know, the last time I read a really well-written brief, it was quite some time ago. You know, yeah. spent more time when, in the production, but the art of the creative brief is something I think uh, it's always good to transfer that along. Well, hey, listen, we've reached the bottom of the hour, and I want to make good use of your time. So let me say thank you for joining us. We'd love to have you come back and talk with us. Um, you know, and we'll, we'll find out from you then which of those Super Bowl commu- commercials stood up, you know, and stood the test of time this year. Yeah, I thought it was it. a pretty good crop. Uh, So thank you very much. And everybody, we'll see you on the next episode of Creative Operations 2.0. See you soon.